the Shire Fit Podcast. Three, two, one, go! It didn't take over seven days it took you to move up that mountain and go down on earth yeah. and get, get acclimatised. People don't really think that. You just think, oh, I've just walked up to the top. Wicked, <laughs> I don't care. And so, yeah. yeah. Mate, awesome. Well, thank you very much for jumping onto the podcast with us, dude. Um, Kieran, we've got Kieran on with us today and he is one of our members uh, and maybe some of you might have seen online that he recently climbed uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, which is an amazing, amazing sort of achievement to do. And I know you've been working really, really hard at it. But today's podcast is going to be talking all about that and your experience as you've been going along but mate how are you doing are you good yeah i'm really good thank you how are you yeah awesome thank you mate well thank you for jumping on with us and i suppose the, to begin with just getting a bit of a background about you and where you're from and your training has sort of led you to where you are now are you are you from like northamptonshire area or yeah so i was born in uh, london and um, so i lived there for eight years but um for, for the last let's say uh, 14 years I've been um, living in Corby so I'm local lad so you, yeah you are local you haven't got the, the London accent either no so that's yeah, gone yeah. all the Corby accent to be fair you've got like a, a nice lot of people say it. that yeah 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 oh that's awesome and uh, in terms of like your work and sport and things like that what have you what have you done so did you go to university and things like that or so I took a bit of a different uh, way with my um, career and um, so I actually dropped out of my first year of A-levels um, after being headhunted by uh, my employer, I was component so I work for now. Um, so they took me on into their sales team and since then I've progressed into different sales roles uh, with them. That's amazing. How long have you worked there for then? So I've been with them for, uh, it will be five years uh, this year, so quite a while Excellent. now. So how old are you now then? You're 20... 22. 22. Absolute youngster, man. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and uh, training and sports, have you been, have you had like a, have you, have you played any team sports, individual sports or anything like that? So growing up, um, I'd done a bit of football um, when, when I was younger, but then... I started getting a bit more into guitar, so I started playing oh, um, a bit of okay. guitar, and then I think I started getting a bit quite lazy, to be honest. Yeah. So um, throughout kind of secondary school um, into the beginning of my career uh, with RS, I didn't do too much fitness. Or now and then I'd go out for a kick about um, on the astro turf with yeah. my mates, but. Um, apart from more recent years, I didn't really do much, to be honest. I was kind of just went home, uh, got a takeaway and went bed. Oh, <laughs> Which, you know, a lot of people do. And I think yeah. this is really cool for people to hear. See like, you know, what you've done now and your, how you've transformed to that point in such yeah. a small amount of time as well, which is amazing. Yeah. So what was like the sort of the flick switch for you that got you into doing some exercise and sort of started achieving different goals, also chasing different goals? Yeah, so it was about two years ago. And I was actually um, just sitting on the sofa watching some TV. And I started thinking, why am I watching this program? I'm not even interested in it. Um, and we had a treadmill and stuff at home as well in the garage. So I ended up thinking, do you know what? I can do something better than just sitting t- watching TV that I'm not interested in. So um, I just jumped on a treadmill and it just kind of started from there, um, really. That's fantastic. Well, and it's just like small little steps for you in terms of building up. and Yeah, so it was um, on, on the treadmill. Most of it, probably to begin with, was um, some kind of interval power walking and then a bit of light jogging. And then I just built it up built, uh, more and more um, to the point then I said I want to do something a bit more. Um, so I ended up joining a um, local boxing club, uh, more for fitness, um, but got into a bit of sparring, but never kind of competition, right? So it was more just to build up um, a bit more fitness. 
and just live a bit more of a healthy lifestyle compared to what I had before. Yeah, oh mate, that's fantastic. Was it? What was the motivating factor for you when you were on the treadmill? Because people associate like treadmill as being like hard and tedious, yeah. isn't it? And what was your motivating factor for you to keep going in there and doing that and building it up? I think it was um, the why I was doing it. So I noticed um, I started getting a bit more sluggish, feeling tired throughout the day. And I was putting on a lot of weight at the time as well. So I think um, when I started, when I left sixth form, in the first year and a half, I probably put on about, um, I think it was about two, two and a half stones. So I put on quite a bit of weight. So I think it was that realisation um, and just wanting to kind of start getting a bit healthier, live a better lifestyle, feel better uh, more more than anything. That is, and like you said, when you suddenly get into it, you do see the changes quite quick in the yeah. way you feel, and uh, mate, that's fantastic. So you obviously started to go into go down to the boxing gym and do things yeah. like that. What was like uh, for you in terms of looking at something like Kilimanjaro? What interest you doing that, and what was your point where you said, right, we're going to do it, get it booked? So it happened quite fast, really. So. In um, 2017, um, actually it was last year, 2000, well, 2017 they put out um, asking if anyone wanted to do free peaks for charity yeah. um, at work for uh, children with cancer. So with that I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm up for a challenge. Yeah. Never done anything like it before, but I thought I'll give it a go. It was either that or the marathon, um, and I thought three peaks might be a bit easier and um, I was a little <laughs> bit wrong uh, yeah, but, well, yeah so we we done um the three peaks uh challenge on the build-up um I went to Snowden climbed Snowden um and then when, when I was on the three peaks challenge on on the build-up and um, the company that was leading us I seen in their signature um it said Kilimanjaro uh, 2019 and I was looking at it and I thought that, that would be awesome to do that but let's get three peaks out the way first. And um, but when I done three peaks, and um, just despite how kind of painful and tired it was, and <laughs> um, at, yeah. at the end of it, um, I thought, Joe, you know I I really enjoyed this. Yeah. And it was actually two days after, um, I emailed the guy and said, "Can you send me the details about Kilimanjaro?" And um, he did. And within two days after three peaks, I booked on to Kilimanjaro. So it all happened really yeah, quickly. That's amazing, mate. Yeah, three peaks. We, I don't know if you if you heard, but we did it as a charity event last okay. year and I think we had about 40 members do it and it was, it was hilarious it's amazing yeah. the weather was terrible classic <laughs> British weather um, you, you know raining the whole time windy but it, it is always and I think uh, the Three Peaks is an awesome awesome activity that people can really get into yeah. something and uh, and obviously usually when people do it for charity which makes it such a better meaning to do yeah. those things like, that's awesome so uh, yeah so you sign up to go and do Kilimanjaro a few stats. How how high is Kilimanjaro? Do you remember? Yeah, so Kilimanjaro it's five thousand eight hundred ninety-five meters, uh, which is around about nineteen thousand feet, uh, which makes it the tallest mountain in Africa, um, but also it's the tallest and um, freestanding uh, mountain in the world, which basically means, unlike Everest in the Himalayas yeah. uh, mountain range, it's just freestanding. It's on its own. That's amazing, and uh, so to put that into context, I think how Scarfell, Snowden, and Ben Nevis are all around a thousand meter to one thousand two hundred meter point, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a big jump. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much like five times the height. So that gives hopefully a few people that probably climb them a bit of a realization yeah. of how high it actually is. Man, that's awesome. So, what was your sort of like? 
how did you think about your training? How long did you have to train up for that? So for for the training, um, I mainly just thought, okay, I'll ramp up a bit with the um, boxing because that's what I was more doing at the time and um, doing some running, doing some swimming and just improving um, that cardio piece. But then um, someone I work with, he said, based on what I was telling him, what I was doing at the boxing kind of workouts I enjoy, he said, have you ever thought about CrossFit? And I knew a bit about it, but I didn't know too much at the time. Um, and he said, I'm going on this date, why don't you come along? So I ended up uh, coming along to a shy fit with him. And it was hard, but at the same time, I thought, yeah, this is probably going to push me a bit further in terms of my training. So um, I was coming more ad hoc now and then, um, but I never signed up as a membership until October um, after speaking to uh, Coach Max. And yeah. He I kind of asked for some advice and he suggested the key things would be um, working out to improving the fitness, which um, a lot of stuff that I have been doing here, I've actually realised has helped with uh, training for that goal. Um, but then also nutrition. Um, so nutrition was a key thing for me. Um, because before I thought I was doing the right things and, eat, and eating the right things. But once I digged into it a bit more, I started realising that actually I'm not eating the right quantities mm. um, and the right volumes of um, food. So once I started seeing um, that a nutrition plan was put together, but then also combined it with coming here um, three times a week, I started doing, I realised all of a sudden I started feeling a lot better um, and my training was just progressing a lot quicker as well. That's amazing. And you're like a product of what our sort of end goal is as a business, which is trying to be able to give everyone the perfect package for them when they come in the door. And obviously you've been able to get involved with the training, really target down, nail down your nutrition and obviously see the results from it. It's been amazing. That's what we do it for, mate. So yeah. well done. That's awesome. Um, you did do some altitude training as well. So didn't you, and I'm right to say you did some sleep and oxygen work as well, was that, yeah? Yeah, so it's called hypoxic training. Mm. The problem is because I've only done um, high altitude once and that was Kilimanjaro, um, it's hard to say whether that actually helped or not. Um, yeah. Luckily, I didn't suffer too much with the altitude. So that could be a big thumbs up for it. Um, so, but, but what it basically consisted of for 30 days, um, and this always makes people laugh, I had a tent um, around my bed um, which had a tube connected in it which had a hypoxic generator um, and it was basically making this tent um, have less oxygen in it essentially. Yeah. So I was sleeping at around a um, height of 3,000 metres um, but then I was also doing some other training with it. So I've got an exercise bike at home. So um, I've masked up cycling at around 4,000 meters and <laughs> just diff different stuff like that. Um, and it was more kind of limiting the amount of oxygen your body's doing under um, workout, sleeping, yeah. um, to get ready for when you're actually doing the real thing at um, the real altitude. Yeah, I mean, it's just pre yeah, preparing yourself as best as possible, isn't yeah. it? Which is awesome. I think. Um, Altitude is a funny thing as well because you can go there, like you said, and not be affected. Yeah. Next time you go out there, it can absolutely crush you. And it's, yeah. it, it's like random roulette where you're going to get hit with it or not. But obviously, like you said, putting yourself in the best train possible is obviously adding that in and getting yourself ready. So 
you obviously ready to rock and roll and obviously we saw you I think it was a week before you headed out and uh, you fly out there and how does it work what's the whole process when you get there what's it like and I know you have to have a guide don't you to yeah. go up there and you can't go on your own so yeah so sort of talk us through that whole process when you got there yeah so um, when when we got there um, I didn't really look at the flights too much and I ended yeah. up booking on to quite a late flight where I got into Tanzania um, where Kilimanjaro is around about 10 o'clock at night and yeah. um, I didn't get to the hotel about 11 o'clock and then I had to sort all my stuff out before the morning um, so that was quite poor planning for me <laughs> because it meant literally yeah. got there had to rush about um, a small amount of sleep and then woke up and it was ready to kind of rock and roll um, so but after that in the morning uh, we got to the gate and we met all all of our porters so in total um, there's actually 59 porters for wow. our group um, and the group was about um, there was about 13 of us so what them porters essentially done and some of them were the local guides um, I think there's about four four of them were local guides and um, so what the porters would do would carry all the tents and the kitchen equipment um, sleep in our back, our big 15 kg duffel bags, um, and they'd essentially bring that to each camp each day before we got there all set up. So every time we got to camp, um, everything was all set up. D- dinner and lunch was getting made, uh, which, which was pretty cool. But at the That's same amazing, time, yeah. it was kind of realizing that sometimes I found it harder for 5 kg day pack, but yeah. these people are carrying up 15 yeah. kg. Uh, duffel bag so it was just um it, it was just unreal seeing but they're so grateful for it at the same time because that that's how they uh, feed their families that's their income right? yeah, yeah they're, they're unsung heroes aren't they of most yes. expeditions that you yeah. people go out on and yeah it is is it's crazy how much work they actually have to do yeah what they're also their physical abilities is so specific to be able to move large loads for a long distance like that it's amazing yeah. isn't it so, so that was a massive um rake up call for me um, so, so that that was good, and then even um, the local mountain guides we had as well, um, their, their knowledge and their enthusiasm of the mountain um, was, was incredible as well. So that that was really good. Um, for for me, um, at times they're probably the people that kind of help you realise why you're doing it, why you're getting to the top. Um, so a lot of for me with Kilimanjaro wasn't so much the like physical part of it because in total you're only walking 38 miles across seven days so mm. when you break it down like that um it's quite small considering um some, some of the treks i'll do in the uk could be 20 miles and yeah. so on so um the the mountain you're walking isn't too bad it's the altitude um that really you, you struggle with and um, with kilimanjaro is, it is a trek um so there's no real kind of technical climbing in there um, on one day we done a bit of a scramble up what that's called uh, Branco Wall um, but apart from that it was just walking um, and some bits were quite nice to walk on other bits were quite steep um, and you could feel it, feel it burning your legs uh, but not as much as yesterday's workout <laughs> I've already had more but I've seen social media going crazy today for that workout yesterday yeah 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 Oh mate, that is, that is just fantastic. So it took you seven days to go yeah. down there. And when you, I'm right in saying, obviously when you start going up Kilimanjaro, you start actually going through pretty much like a forest, don't you, through greenery, yes. um, until you sort of be able to get back in, out into the open. Whereabouts is like your first camp? So 
is that do you hit that in your first day or how does it work in terms of going up and down from camps yeah so you start um at you when you get off the coach you're you're already starting about 1800 meters yeah um and then you're having a walk through um a rainforest and you get to it's about a six hour trek the first day um and as soon as it kind of opens out outside of the rainforest that's where the camp is um so each night once you got to camp um what what was recommended to help kind of relax um, and acclimatize is get get out of your walking socks that you've had on that day put new base lace and stuff on just to help you relax a bit and um, once we've done that and um, we'd have dinner prepared for us um, and I was quite impressed with the kind of food that they made up and um, so we had like chicken noodles and there's always a soup uh, to start with so that really um, made, made a lot of like kind of food which, which I didn't expect to be able to make uh, that high up which was good um, so so each day after dinner, go back, get some sleep. Um, and we woke up at about six um, o'clock in the morning um, by a guy, funnily enough, his name Dixon, and uh, my surname. Yeah. Uh, he'd wake us up at six o'clock um, with a cup of coffee. Uh, but I told you already, I don't, I don't drink yeah, coffee. Yeah, we've got to sort that out, mate. We'll, have to, <laughs> we'll do work on that. <laughs> so, so, so I had a tea instead. Um, and then after that, we, we, we'd get ready, get some breakfast, and head off about eight o'clock each morning. Um, and the the treks varied really so some days were quite just constantly just steep so it was more the first couple of days just a steep incline um, as you were building and climbing up the altitude um, but what we also done a lot was we'd climb high um, and sleep go a bit lower and sleep lower um, and that was to help to acclimatize and um, because when you go higher your body remembers the altitude you've gone to um, and it will actually start preparing in case it's got to get to that altitude again so um, quite often that, that's how we'd acclimatize uh, as well. That's, that's fantastic and yeah I think um, from what I've heard of people doing it it's always the the going up and going back down that sometimes can be mentally like what the hell we've got to keep moving yeah. up and down up and down a zigzag your way up <laughs> to the top of the mountain so over those you've got those seven days yeah. um, we were just talking earlier about like your summit climb which is uh, where you go through the nights so you're there sort of as the sun goes up to the top yeah. right and um, obviously you told us about the time it took everything so I'd be quite interested to hear about but yeah. you sort of you would you say you started about 11 o'clock your summit climb once you've got to your camp yeah so um what happened it was i think it was day five um so we started the day as usual we wake up um six o'clock start hiking um at eight o'clock and we reached um the final camp let's say about two i think it was about two in the afternoon um so so we had lunch um, and then we were told to go and chill, chill out, try and get some sleep. Um, but with the sun uh, beaming through the tent, it, I found it quite difficult to sleep, um, which, which I ended up paying for later on because uh, that day, it was 11 o'clock at night, uh, 11 p.m., we had to start the summit and climb. And for, for that, um, we, it was just a constant trek through, through to... Um, I think, I think it was actually about eight in the morning when yeah. we got to the top, so just after sunset, yeah. uh, sunrise, sorry. sorry yeah. um, so most of it were, was in, in the dark um, and, and there was nothing really to see because when you get higher up uh, Kilimanjaro, 
you you miss all the rainforests and stuff and it starts getting more into just desert and there's yeah. just nothing there at all so um, as you're walking up there's nothing really to l- look at so you end up finding yourself just staring at your feet constantly which makes it even more <laughs> of a drooling uh, kind of walk um, but but at the same, same time um, it's the pe- people around you trying to motivate um because it wasn't so much about the physical um, part for me and um, with the mountain hiking and the uh, steepness it wasn't too bad compared to some of the other stuff I've done in the UK um, but the, the, the hardest bit was actually overcoming some of that mindset piece and um, going into it I, was, I, I kept thinking I've probably done some harder workouts here. <laughs> so yeah. in terms of um, some, some of the workouts I've done here, I've had to really push myself through mindset to make sure I, I complete them. And there's been times I've thought, oh, I'm not going to complete this one. But you just kind of push that mindset a little bit further to actually say, yes, I, ca- I can do it. So that was exactly what it was like on summit night. So um, I started getting a bit of um, altitude sickness a bit more than um, I had before. So it, my headache was coming a bit stronger. Um, luckily, it wasn't too bad, um, but you, you start feeling that a bit more. Um, and it doesn't help as well where you've actually got people walking past you um, to go back down because and in some cases carry back down because they've just not been able to make it to the top yeah and um, so seeing that as well can be quite demotivating um, and the, the weather was quite dry as well uh, when we were going up so that didn't really help um, because it, that ended up making us feel even more sleepy despite not sleeping all day so um, for me, there, there was one point where one of the guides uh, looked at me and said, are, are you getting sleepy? And I just remember after that, because I thought, I don't want a reason to go back <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah. So I, as soon as he said that, something just ran in, in my head and all of a sudden I just felt fine. Awesome. And after that, um, it was just a push to the top. And um, eventually we got to a point called Stellar Point. Um, when you get to Stellar Point, um, it's literally a 20 minute, 30 minute um, walk then to the summit, which is Uhuru Peak. Um, so so once once I got to that point, I thought, I've uh, pretty much done it now, yeah. um, which was a good feeling. Um, so, so when you finally get up there, at the same time, though, it's kind of like, right, get a picture, let's get back down. Yeah because people forget that as well you think yeah. you get to top you down but that's half the journey isn't it you yeah. get all the way back down and you know most casualties are on the way down rather than the way up when they go yeah. mountaineering but that is amazing what was it like at the top did you get did you get some views or was the weather in or so, so the weather wasn't too um bad so when, when we were walking up it was a great sunset and uh, i keep saying sunset, sunrise. Sun, sunrise uh we got to see um and then at, at the top it, it was, it's a little bit of a blur to be honest mm. um, but there's the because um, it's a volcano as well you get get to see into the crater um, which, which was pretty cool and then um, you also get to see off, from the top um, a city below called Moshi and when you look look down you can see it all and you can actually see the camp you've just came from you're like it doesn't actually uh, and when you think that you've just spent like nine hours climbing from from that 
and it's like how how is that possible and the, the reason is is, is the altitude the yeah. pace you go is just so much more slower and I think that that's what, one of the things I struggled with as well um, is despite despite knowing that that was the right thing to do I, I like going at pace sometimes and so, so when I go walking um, in the UK which is obviously very differently I I tend to walk at quite quite a pace um, whereas here you can't do that because it will catch you up with the altitude yeah sickness. later on hey that's amazing and we're on the way down then how how quickly do you get down compared to on the way back up so how does it work on your descent and uh and was it a lot easier descending uh i don't know if i'd say it was easier and the, well the first bit definitely wasn't easier um because all of a sudden that adrenaline that got you to the top that's kind of gone because now you're just going back down yeah. and um you haven't got the same kind of focus and um, that, that you had uh, because before it was right, I'm going to get to the top. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, this. Now I'm at the top. I need to actually get back down now. Yeah. Um, but it, it was quite quick because rather than taking the route that we made it up to the summit, we went down a scree slope. So you literally just sliding down. Yeah. And um, so, so we got down there prob- probably in about two hours. And once we got back to the camp, it was a. And slight rest and get rehydrated, get some food in you, and then we done. We had an option if we wanted a two-hour or four-hour trek to the next camp, uh, which basically depended if we wanted to go to the closest camp or the further camp, which meant the next day we we'd either have a smaller or longer trek. Uh, most of us said let's just get over and done with and do the uh, uh, longer trek and um, to the further camp. So that was another four hours and that wasn't too bad um, and I think the reason why is because that's when you're really starting to descend and the more you descend the more oxygen you're getting so yes. with every let's say 100 miles or so, and so you're, you're 10 miles or so you're starting to feel better um, yeah. and better so it just helps um, when you're starting to do it that way that's unreal <laughs> and obviously how, how was it was it one day, two days on the way back down again? Was it? How long did it take you to descend back down? So it was about what one and a half yeah. um, days. Which it, when you think of all that time you you took to get up and then you get down that quickly. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> oh mate, what a fantastic achievement! I think you should obviously be really proud. And I think like we said to you a few days ago, you should be really proud of how far you've come because we've sort of yeah. seen your journey in such a short amount of time and your improvement and your attitude and hard work's been fantastic. Um, and hopefully that has been like a really good sort of I, I would I said to you before I wanted this to be a good understanding of actually like people see a picture of someone on top of a mountain and they go oh well, and they walk to a mountain but they don't realise it took them seven eight days yeah. and um, they sometimes can't quantify how much effort it actually takes to go and yeah. do something like like you said the logistics of all the porters and the team yeah. and the guides and it all takes so much effort to go and do but mate fantastic work and uh, yeah thank you for being part of Shire as well dude yeah that's not a problem and Obviously, I'm back training now. I don't, I haven't shared it with too many people yet, but I've now booked on to Everest Base Camp for November uh, this year. So Mate, I, I'm starting to. Uh, I, I was looking at some maybe a bit more technical, like uh, Mont Blanc, but I'm going to save that for next year. Uh, this year, just another trek at high altitude. So, oh man, got, well done. Got that to keep. We'll see if we can that. rope in some of the teams to go and do it with you as well. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, there's still spaces. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, well done, and uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Cheers, bro. Thank you.